Uh, hi everyone, thanks for listening and welcome to another RB Coaching Podcast. Uh, it's just me and the boss Ryan here today. Uh, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm very well, Kieran, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you mate. Very well, looking forward to this today. It's always uh, always good to have these discussions. So um, today we're obviously focusing on one of our parent education topics and this episode is going to be all about post-game parenting. So Ryan, do you want to start us off with... Um, with a few of your thoughts around post-game parenting. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's like the trilogy to what we've already spoke about in our last two parent education podcasts, because obviously we did pre-game parenting about how to be an effective parent before a match. We've looked at mid-game parenting, which is how to be a really good parent uh, during the match. And obviously now the trilogy would be how we as parents can um, be a major support to our child, whether they've played well, not played well, had indifferent experiences within the game. But this is all about how we can be the best parent after the game has finished to make our child still enjoy football and become a better footballer. Okay, so I'm sure it, obviously it's pretty self-explanatory, but we're saying this, this starts as, as soon as the final whistle goes? Yeah, in my opinion, um, as soon as the final whistle goes, I think our post-game parenting kicks in. Um, it, I think, I think, good, bad, or a different game, you will always get that first bit of eye contact from your child when they look over after the final whistle, win, lose, or draw. I think that first piece of body language is really important if they've had a bad game and you're throwing your hands in the air or looking disappointed or angry or upset or emotional they're going to be thinking oh mom dad granddad whoever it may be isn't happy with me and they're already probably dreading dreading that car journey mm-hmm. um but if, you, if your body language is instantly good you know um happy i think they're probably more likely to open up to you and kind of give you some relative feedback after a game but yeah I, I agree Kim. as soon as the final whistle goes I think that's when it kicks in um if I'm honest that the, the first the first thing that I do as a, as, a, as a parent I might give a thumbs up um a really positive piece of language but I'd, I'd also when they when the child comes over I'd always make sure that they thank the relevant people uh-huh. um so for example, have you shook hands with the referee? Mm-hmm. Have you have you shook hands with your your coach, your teammates? Um, I think that's just a sign of of respect and a, and a really nice gesture that they can get into a really good habit of doing um, post game. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, no, I, I quite like that because I think it kind of takes away that first. Um, it like you say, it gets you into that habit and takes away that first maybe two or three minutes of when you're seeing your child for the first time after the game of maybe that awkward moment of, are you really happy? Are you too down about it? It, it takes away that that sort of um, um, bit of opinion, doesn't it? And, and you've got the habit there of, right, you can go and say thank you and shake everybody's hand and then you get onto the bit where you can start thinking about the game after. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I think... Um... Listen, I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a dad of a of a child that plays football, and you know it it is the hardest thing 
in the world to watch your own child play and and because you, you're going, you're their biggest fan but also their kind of biggest critic and and you you as a parent need a little bit of reflection time about what you're going to say and how you're going to react to a performance good or bad um so i think the the benefit of grassroots players in particular after a game if if for example you're not in a rush to immediately go now i understand everyone's got busy lives and activities and everyone wants to get home if you're not in a rush um it's important that they the players feel that they can spend some time together after a game mm-hmm. you know in terms of if there's a park nearby playing the park have a run around what that's doing for the player is um win lose or draw they are probably after about a minute forgetting about all of that the score how they play they're just having a bit of fun they're just they're just being the child it also allows you as a parent to maybe speak to other parents um I'm not saying directly always go and speak to the coach because again again emotionally I don't think that's the best time to speak to a coach straight after a game um, especially if there's a, a bit of sour grapes or there's you don't agree with something they've said or you know or, you, or you've lost I think having that time as a, a parent to reflect on what you are going to say and have that time to yourself is a, is a vital bit of information just, just to gather some thoughts about how you're going to um, potentially issue your feedback to your child if, if, if you are going to issue any feedback that is mm. I, I think it, I think it's funny that you mentioned that really I, I look back to when I was playing grassroots football at the age of seven and eight before I joined Birmingham and um, they were some of the best times after the game because we always used to go as, as a team obviously like you say people have busy lives it's not always guaranteed that you're going to be able to make it but majority of the team we'd go to sort of a pub or um, somewhere after and we'd just go and play football again for another two hours three hours and, and I still look back on them as some of the best times um, the most fun times that I would have had after a game yeah and me and me I, I had very similar experiences obviously you went into academies before me but um, and I think that's the benefit of the grassroots community where mm-hmm. they can do that I think with academy football they're kind of they play as soon as the final whistle goes they get changed to go home you know that that there isn't that much social, um, or not not enough of it, in my opinion. Mm. Um, some some teams that are, you know, some academy teams I do know have a really close bond, and and that's that's fantastic. Mm. But yeah, I think um, you know, giving the player a chance to kind of individually reflect mm. and even get distracted, you know, um, the the work. For example, I give I give you an example. If if a player has hasn't played well and they are at fault for a goal or and it has been quite a defining moment in the game you've got to somehow break that ice so the worst thing you possibly can do is really is take take them away from that situation and take them away from their friends where you know getting getting them involved with someone different or going to a park or going to mcdonald's with a friend that might just like kind of like make them forget about it quite quickly and then that's pretty much your that's pretty much your debrief done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's just a case of, you know, we'll move on to the next game then, really. So um, at what point do you think then um is the right time to start sort of issuing feedback? Because obviously parents will have their opinions and, and coaches will have their opinions and, and it's important that those opinions are brought across, but I think they're it's important they're brought across in the right way in the right time. Oh yeah, I agree. Um I think I think again the first piece of body language, first time they come up to you you know, it's a positive gesture, a rub on the head or a high five or, a, you know, um, a very simple kind of feedback. You know, well done today. I enjoyed watching you play today. Um, you know, well done for trying so hard. 
you know um i, I think it's important we that you don't you don't break down too much too early mm. when when they're in a fatigue state as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, I remember studying Jose Mourinho at university. I had a project on him, and um, Mourinho was very much in, fa- in 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 line with giving no feedback after a game because he, he his kind of mindset was: well, the players are that fatigued, and you are that tired that it's very difficult to process information. Mm. So what he'd do is he'd wait he'd wait till the next day. And issue his feedback where the players are a little bit more rested. Everyone's had their own individual thought time to reflect on their own performance, and that's work. That's working with elite athletes, mm. you know. So, personally, I I think um, giving very very little feedback. If you are going to give feedback instantly, you know, make sure it's make sure it's positive and short. Um, if if the player wants to instigate a conversation. If your child wants to instigate a conversation early on, just go along with it. Just go along with it. So they're in the car on the way back, and they're going, "Oh, oh, Dad, Mum, did you see when I did this?" And just, yeah, yeah, just, just kind of let them, let them talk, let them issue their feedback. You know, try not to interrupt them too much. You can prompt them, but don't, don't kind of give your initial take early. Let let them drive the conversation if there is going to be any conversation if there isn't any conversation about the game put music on distract them you know talk about what we're going to do the rest of the day you know take them to mcdonald's or wherever wherever you're going to go speak about something different you know because that might be a player's best way of kind of forgetting about the game usually they will want to forget about the game they don't need reminders they've had a bad game if they've had a good game, what you will find is they're they're vibrant, they're happy, they do want to talk about it, and you just kind of like, you know, add to that conversation if if you kind of need to, if that makes sense. Yeah. So then, at what point would you suggest, kind of when when everything's blown over, uh, maybe two three hours after the game, at what point would you suggest to start issuing feedback, whether it's good game, bad game, um, indifferent game, things that parents will think their their child can can learn from. Yeah, from a perfect practice point of view, and obviously we all know perfect practice is 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 difficult. I would suggest when everything's calmed down a little bit, they're out there, they're out their kit, they are distracted with something else. It might even be a moment before bedtime where you might you might instigate some some conversation with them about the game. Oh, do you remember when you did this? And and and, and highlighting some some really positive moments. And when when they're in that right frame of mind, then and they are rested, you might look to kind of do something like a bit of a, a, a well, they call it a feedback sandwich. So you might you might say, oh, I think you did really well today. You showed some great skill in tight spaces. However, do you remember that time where um, you tr- you were 1v1 with that, that attacker and you probably dived in a little bit too quickly? And then they might just go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then you might issue some a little bit of technical detail or, or maybe go with the front foot instead of the back foot or, you know, get your, get your body shape a little bit better and then finish off with, well, you know, I, I just thought you were outstanding today. Your energy was great. And, you know, the way you, you, where you carried the ball um, down the line was, was, was excellent. And then, then a positive bond language. You, you, kind of, you kind of drip feed in feedback slowly 
not taking it too seriously and also saying, oh, actually, there's a, there's a little bit of room for improvement in a certain aspect of your game, which gives them something to work on. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. So it's, it's, it's keep it as positive as possible, which is obviously a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, listen, um, I, as a parent, have generally followed a positive rule, but that, there has been times when I've looked at my own son's performance and, and secretly been angry, not happy, you know, with 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 his performance levels. Um, and there, ha- there has been times when, during a car journey, where I have kind of gone a little bit Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher and gone... You know, you should have done this. You should have done that. What What were you thinking there? You know, and and you just don't you just don't get that response back from them. They just kind of they they they, they go in a mood or they, they negatively um they they have negative body language. And then as a parent, then when you finish, you're like, what have I just done? That 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 isn't that isn't great parenting. All I've done is basically expect too much from them at a young age, and you feel guilty. You feel bad for it. So. Again, as a parent, I'm still learning. Mm. You know, I'm still learning to be a better version of of, of myself. Um, and you know, generally, I, I do stay positive. I do, I do issue feedback. The, the the one thing I'd also want to point out, Kieran, which is the hardest thing to do ever, is when you are issuing feedback. Um, it's really important that you make it your child focused mm. what, what i mean by that is um don't talk about their teammates don't talk about the manager's decisions or the coach's decisions um make it all about your child so if, if you start a blame culture and say oh the reason why you didn't play very well today is because player a and player b never passes to you or they 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 take your position or they do this or they do that. All you're doing is giving your child an excuse and they end up blaming others and becoming a bad teammate. Mm-hmm. If you if you start saying, oh, oh, the coach, the coach subbed you here and the coach did this and the coach didn't play you in the right position, that's going to affect their opinion of their coach when they might have a different opinion of them. They, they might not even care. Yeah. You know, so I think that that's the hardest thing to do. You know, stay stay loyal to your feedback for your own child and own child only, mm. and not not involve others. Again, other bad practices could be like, um, if I'm if I'm as a parent not happy with the manager or coach, and you start ringing other parents in front of your own child, or speaking about teammates in front of other people, again, that for me is quite poor practice mm. because again, you are. You are talking about individuals behind other people's backs, and if your child's listening, they might get that view themselves based on your opinion. Mm. So again, it's it's it, it's really really challenging. But in a long long winded answer to your conversation, I think giving feedback when everything's calmed down a little bit, and that timing is really important. If you get it right, again, the benefit is the player, your child, you know, can take on more information. They're less angry. They don't. They, they don't. Res, they don't respond negatively to your feedback. They'll take it on board, and then they'll they can kickstart a new week, ready for the next game in a more positive way. Yeah. I just just whilst you've been speaking, mate, I've been having a think that 
obviously a lot of the the grassroots games, if not all of them, are played obviously on Saturdays and Sundays. What do you think about potentially with with the amount of football that's on TV, sort of Saturday evenings, um, Sunday daytime? Could that be a sort of good time for parents to? I'm sure maybe 75% of the parents watch as much football as we do. Um, could that be a good time to maybe bring up something about your son or daughter's performance based on um, the games that are on TV? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I've done it a few times mm. with um, with my son in terms of stopping a live game and saying, oh, look look, look at look at this instance, look at this technique, this was used in this situation. Um, and then and then compare it to potentially what they've done because if, if they're looking at their role models on TV, mm. that can only be great because they they are the elite of the game and they're more likely to take on board that information when you're showing them an elite player doing it. It's just not, not all children want to do it, of, of of course, but but the majority who love football will want to learn off their yeah. off their role. It just yeah. seems like quite a good way to be able to relate to. The performance and then the performance that obviously would have happened within the last sort of 24 hour or even like the last six hours or whatever it would be at the weekend um and yeah. then you, you can bring up that conversation whilst using the best players in the world like you just said um there for the for the for the young for the kids to see yeah i agree i agree uh, just what i think we spoke about in the pre-game parenting about match scripts didn't we kieran yeah. remember like uh, writing down a match script in terms of what animal do you want to play like today or what what footballer do you want to play like and these are my three targets for the game you know if you if you have followed through with that parents and you have the match scripts with them and after a game you can go through their match script did they did they meet their targets if they did fantastic tick them off if they didn't we'll maybe keep that one in place for next week you know and then the players are then holding themselves accountable to that match script in terms of their their targets for the match mm-hmm. um and again, everything like we say or say on here is always trial and error. Um, if if you try things and they work, stick to it. If you try things they don't work, remodify it. Try again. If it still doesn't work, move on with something different. Okay, and, it, and it's it's the same with feedback. You know, um, try try different styles of feedback, whether it be written, oral. Um, practical practical you know there's loads of different ways you can do it but what's our end goal our end goal as parents is to make them want to play again and make them want to be better so if you are constantly as a parent you know um putting them down you know criticizing you know after games um eventually the player is going to have either a meltdown or they're just going to turn around and say one day, I don't like football. I don't enjoy it. And as a parent, like that would all break our hearts. Yeah. You know, and, and if we as a parent have played a, played a part in them wanting to finish football because they don't enjoy it anymore, then we have to hold ourselves accountable. And if you're, if you're a parent listening now and you feel like you're too critical and you get a negative response from your child when you are, you can you can you have time to make a change, mm. and it'll be the best change you ever ever make. Yeah, and I suppose that the last thing everybody wants as a parent is to is to is for football to have any sort of strain on their relationship with their child at the same time because I think it can be quite easy to do. I mean, I remember falling out with my dad at times when when I was probably a little bit older, maybe sort of like thirteen, fourteen, but 
that all is around the the, the, the football inside of things. So um, that's the last thing that people would want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think um, separating the parent and the the coach side is really important. Once the game's finished, and if you have done a debrief, brilliant. Um, but then you've got to flip quickly and think, right, the game's finished now. I, as a parent, cannot control what happened in that game, nor can the child, and then go back to being the best parent you possibly can and the best support. Because all, all your child wants, really, is their mums, dads and family members to be supportive of their journey. You know, not not critical, because, you know, we've got to remember, parents, that the facts are that 0.012% of grassroots football players make make a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you know, enjoyment has to be the key. We've, we've always said it, that success is if your child is still playing football at 18. Mm-hmm. If your child is still playing football at 18, you as a parent have done the most amazing job. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, regardless yeah. of what level they play, whether that be Sunday pub football or it be Premier League, if they're still playing, you have done the most amazing job as a parent, and that's shown that you've been a really good support network. Yeah, no, I think I think that's that's a, a really good conversation we've had there. I think it'd be quite nice to finish it right, if possible, if we could almost go through maybe like a a shouldn't shouldn't say list. Um, I don't know if there's any types of languages or. Oh, we'll, or... Do it, we'll do it. We'll do it. To, we'll do it together, Kieran. Okay, keep perfect. It, Right. Um, let's start with. I don't know. You start. You start. What? What? What would you? What would you like to hear, Kieran? If from a, your parent after a match, win, lose, draw, regardless of performance. Um, I think maybe I'll start on the on the should say. I think I think it would be just a simple thing as or as well done or or like you've already spoken about, well done, um, well tried or you worked really hard, something like that. Maybe just something positive straight off the bat that even if the, the game hasn't gone the way that you wanted it to or the performance hasn't gone the way it wanted to, players haven't done it for on purpose, have they? That they will have wanted to be out there and do well. So maybe just something positive straight away. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think the best phrase I've always used is, I really enjoyed watching you play today. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't think there's anything more powerful than that. Yeah, I think it's a re- it's a re- it's a really really nice nice phrase to kind of lead with. Go on then. What about what about what about don'ts? Um, yeah, I think probably focusing on mistakes. So maybe um, going straight in with like, oh, why didn't you do this? Or you could have done yeah. that that better, or or something like yeah. that. That that's probably uh, something that would would stick with you fairly quickly yeah kind of like what what did you do that for you know what were you thinking yeah um you know i think a really really critical one would be like oh what why do i bother coming to watch you Mm. or you know what why have you wasted my time you know just kind of like powerful kind of phrases like that that would leave a really dark impression um 100 i think yeah, I think I think tone and body language are really important as well because because I I could turn around and say to to my son, you know, oh um, oh what 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 did you do that for, you know? But the way you say it mm. can be turned a bit jokingly as well. So like you know, you could have a bit of a laugh at them and say, you know, oh what what was that what what was that own goal about, Findy? And just to have a, have a, have a bit of a laugh and a joke with it, and then then you know, it's not it's not what you said, it's kind of how you said it. So you can kind of like 
have a bit of a have a bit of fun with the mistake, which which is which is for me is quite good parenting because it shows like a bit of a you know um, a jokey side and the football's not not too serious, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. You know, so I, I guess it's not, it's not rocket science to know what what to say and what not to say. You know, yeah. if you've said something and you instantly regret it as a parent, you kind of know. You kind of know. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, um, whereas you don't have that same reflection when you say something good, mm. because you feel you feel good about yourself for say you know for giving positive feedback. Yeah, and that there's always time um, hours after the game to to go through it a little bit more, like, like we've already already spoken about. So no, I think I think that's been a a really interesting uh, interesting conversation, Ryan. So um, fingers crossed. Obviously, everybody who's who's having a listen um you can enjoy and, and obviously take things on board or, or don't take things on board but it's it's completely up to you guys so yeah thanks very much for listening obviously thanks Rai for for um going through some stuff thank you kieran uh, we'll leave it there guys and we'll be back with a with another episode um in a couple of weeks cheers bye